Destiny opens the door for the Wolverines yet again, but the dreaded pivotal road game awaits to crush those dreams next on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Nip This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Throws it. And a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got him. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Collins. play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's gonna be Michigan again Welcome to Michigan Podcast, and I am Steve Dace. And if you have been with us since we debuted this show here on YouTube uh, back in 2017, you may have noticed a bit of a change in me. Oh, those were the salad days. I was so optimistic, idealistic, convinced Fulfillment as a Michigan fan in the Harbaugh era was just around the corner. And yeah, that 2017 team limped to an 8-5, and five, blew a 19 to nothing lead in a flea bag bowl game. But that was such a young team. And you looked ahead to next year and they bring in the five-star transfer quarterback. And Michigan is in the top four of the college football playoff ratings and absolutely annihilates Penn State in that early November game. And we did that infamous now episode where I chugged the blue Kool-Aid. Oh, yes, yes. And then there was that absolute embarrassment in Columbus. But then the next year we brought everybody back and Urban Meyer retired and Michigan was actually picked by the media to win the Big Ten. It was our year and... And there was that absolute embarrassment in Ann Arbor. And then there was the absolute embarrassment that was last season. 
So, folks, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me seven years in a row. Shame, 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 seriously. Okay? Because that's where we are as Michigan fans. And that's why when this show first started, people thought I was positive. They liked the vibe. Now I'm a hater and I'm negative. I'm broken. I'm damaged. Because I've I've watched the last seven years. And I watched like the previous 30 years before that. And except for a couple of years of Rich Rod and Brady Hoke, those were pretty good. And then there's been the last seven years of donger kicks to donger kicks, ball-crushing loss followed by ball-crushing loss, emasculation followed by emasculation, ripping every last morsel of your soul out as a Michigan fan, which is why I ain't going to fall for the banana of my tailpipe. Oh, I know. I know the spoiler makers or destiny disguised as a Purdue spoiler maker. I know... The door is open again. And all Michigan has to do is win out. Oh, that's it? Well, why do you just say so? Winning meaningful games in November? This isn't Michigan football. We we don't we don't we don't do that. We don't. We used to. We used to. We used to, you know, disappoint our fans in September in a non-conference game against Notre Dame or somebody else, and then storm back and look great in November. That's how we used to roll around here. Yeah, we don't, we kind of took a pass on that. And November is when we ambush our fans who dare to have hope. So yes, the door is open. Saturday went about as perfect as it possibly could if you are a Michigan fan. Sparty losing to Purdue. Ohio State looking... Well, mortal against Nebraska. And then Michigan with half the team in the injury tent and running essentially six plays on offense just ran out the clock basically for four quarters against Indiana and still covered the spread. Oh, it is so tempting, especially when you see that number seven rating in the college football playoff ratings last week, a few spots higher than I anticipated where they are basically setting Michigan up to be in a New Year's Six bowl game by ranking them that high. They'll even give you a buffer. You can go ahead and still put in your annual loss to Ohio State and we'll still make sure you're in the top 12 at 10 and two and get a major bowl bid. But to get to 10 and 2, you've got to go on the road. You got to beat Penn State, who will be ranked in the college football playoff rankings this week. I think we all know how this story goes because we've watched for the last seven years. Ranked on the road. We kind of got our one against Wisconsin, it feels like, right? Could we get two? I mean, you look at the numbers. You look at the rushing game and the rushing defense. It's not even a contest between Michigan and Penn State. Michigan's a lot better. The problem is, what color jersey will we be wearing? That's what I thought. So, nope. I have no hope left. It has been taken from me. This, this program has robbed me of it, which is why I'm ecstatic that college basketball season begins this week. And a program that actually vies for championships gets started again on Wednesday night. As for football, well, you're going to have to show me. I have no faith and other words that begin with the letter F left to give. However, folks, our friends over at DraftKings, 
they got $100 in free bets left to give. Football fans, if you want to score some free bets, you can do that right now when you've been on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets when that team scores, then you score with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Michigan Podcast. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets if they score, you score. With the promo code Michigan Podcast this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And remember, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health. Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117, 21 and older, Michigan only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Time now for the 10-minute war as we get the view from the other side of the scarlet and gray septic tank with the one and only, perhaps, reasonable Ohio State fan, our good friend Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, who also has an outstanding channel here on YouTube that you want to watch, covers the entire sport comprehensively, just about every team that matters. Mark, good to have you back, brother. How are you? Great to see you, Steve. I'm just starting to wonder if you're starting to review what movies you'd like to see the the final Saturday of November. I'm probably going to go see the Ghostbusters remake. That's kind of what I was. I was okay. I, in fact, I was looking at the IMDb release schedule last night. Straight up, I was doing that uh, and figuring out what I was going to go see. And it looks like it's going to be the the Ghostbusters uh, update with Paul. You might want to reconsider. This might be the year. And if you miss it, then you missed it. No. See, I figured this, I cracked the code, brother. I figured this out, all right? You can't let yourself be let down by another loss to Ohio State if there there was never a game against Ohio State. See? You got to get up pretty early, all right, to slip one past uh, past this bad boy, all right? The tree that falls in the forest and no one hears it. Yes, yes, because I I was just talking about this at the opening of the show. Destiny has opened the door yet again for Michigan, cleverly disguised as a Purdue Boilermaker or Spoilermaker. An amazing stat, 17 times now. Illinois, as an unranked team, has beaten a top 10 team in the AP poll as a university. And no no one else is even close in terms of second. This is the first time they've done it to two different teams in the AP top 10 since Jim Everett, or is it Chris Everett, was quarterbacking the team back in 1984, okay? So I I know, and I know, the door is open. Then the college football playoff committee before that rated Michigan seventh. I thought at least two or three spots higher than I thought they would be. It's almost like they're like, all right, man, we might get stuck with like Wake Forest and NC State in New Year's Six Bowls. We got to make sure Michigan and Notre Dame are both eligible. Otherwise, we're getting like negative integer ratings. Okay. I mean, you can see, you can see the system is like, come on, Michigan. Come on, man. All right. We're going to make this as easy for you as we possibly can. All right. All you've got to do is win out. Oh, that's it. That's all we got to do is win a meaningful game in November. Nope. Well, I'm not, I'm not falling for the banana on my tailpipe, Mark. I'm not. They're going to lose on Saturday. Mark my words. They will lose at Penn State. Well, a, a lot of people that believe what you just stated, and it makes total sense. And we know uh, from our knowledge of the 
television industry that uh, there's a lot of truth in what you just stated that they should have been in uh, connection with the officials that officiated the Michigan State game because I'm not saying that it was poorly officiated but certainly Jim Harbaugh and his staff believes that and a lot of people do believe that well, apparently the Big Ten believes it and it was it was okay but here's the thing even that it, it's it's not to the level of what happened in Columbus in 2016 because those that stuff happened most of it on the defining plays at the end of the game yes that was a touchdown in the end zone, Aiden Hutchinson had a touchdown. Yes, that's four points they took away from Michigan, and Michigan lost by four. But here's the difference. They still went on and led the game 30-14. They were up 30-14 to with like six minutes to go in the third quarter. You have to win that game, okay? That's not, hey, these two teams are, are you know, busting each other's noses and rib cages for four quarters, and on the very final play, there's a questionable sm- spot with home kicking that determines whether it goes to overtime or not. It's not the same thing at all, all right? They had total control of that game, but as we have often seen under Jim Harbaugh, they do not have uh, – they play an NFL style of football in these games, not college football where coach coaches like Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day just keep on scoring if they can. All right, we play an NFL style, get up by a couple scores, then play four-minute offense the rest of the way and play a prevent defense at the end and walk out of there with an eight-point or less uh, victory. I mean, that's, that's why like 81% of games in the NFL are decided by one score, okay? Or Because they all play that way. They don't do that. We don't do that in college football. We don't want kickers with leading the nation in red zone field goals. All right. And that's what's happening here. And that's why they're not winning Saturday. And it's certainly why, well, they're not winning the last game of the regular season because Maryland is the last game of the regular season. And that means they're finally going to win a game to close out a regular season under Jim Harbaugh. I do think that this Penn State matchup is extremely intriguing beyond the matchup on the field, which two good football teams uh, is always going to draw my interest, especially when they've got these two uniforms on. So I always look forward to this Michigan Penn state game each and every year. Uh, Last year was a bit of a downer because of the the state of both teams. But other than that, you usually bring two top 10 to 15 uh, programs to the table. Uh, But this is the bar before Michigan can reach for the real highest bar in the Big Ten, Ohio State. There's an interesting comparison between James Franklin roughly having the same tenure, I think two additional seasons to Jim Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan and Penn State and Michigan, their accomplishments, their record, I should say. The winning percentage is eerily similar. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh's three and three against, uh, not necessarily against Franklin, but while Franklin's been at Penn State uh, for their matchups, three and three. But Penn State has obviously, they've broken through. They, they've beaten Ohio State. Yep. They've won the Big They got a fluky win one night against Ohio State in a blocked field goal. And that's why James they, Franklin is supposedly a great coach and Jim Harbaugh they, is not. I don't care. That's all Harbaugh's two fault. two New Year's six games yeah. that, that Michigan has not accomplished. So, yeah. so they've, they have Michigan's still trying to catch Penn State and show that they can surpass Penn State. I think this is a big game for that in and of itself. Listen, when you look at the numbers, it's actually not close. I mean, in power five, they have two common opponents this year. In those two games, Penn State's net rushing, meaning yards rushing allowed and gained, is 10 yards. In those two games against it's Wisconsin and Indiana, so one great rush defense and one that's still actually top 40. So Wisconsin's number one, Indiana's in the top 40 in rush defense. So in those two games, Penn State is a, is a net plus 10 rushing, yardage allowed, gained. Michigan is plus 150. 
In games against Power 5 teams this year, Michigan is averaging 199 yards rushing a game. Penn State is averaging 91 yards a game. Okay? This is November in the Big Ten, two physical programs with those kinds of numbers. This should be about a touchdown Michigan win because it's at Penn State. Even though it's not a night game, you still give them three points or so for the home field. But it doesn't matter because the key phrase of what I said there was at Penn State. If it's at against any sentient being in the nine realms, okay, or Wisconsin before they figured out to, 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 start, to start playing without a quarterback and completely took the ball out of Graham Mertz's hands, all right? They've done that now for the last month, and look what's happened. Lo and behold, they played with 10 guys on offense, and it's working beautifully, okay? But they hadn't figured that out yet, okay? So with that, with that exception, if it's on the road against a sentient life form, all right, with full motor function and the ability perhaps to win the MAC. They don't win these games, and that's why they're not winning on Saturday. It's at. And not winning because at and against a team that suddenly just this week has a number in front of its name. Yep, yep. Ranked team on the road. Okay. By the way, that's Franklin's bugaboo too, right? I believe he's only got like two wins against ranked teams on the road at Penn State, just like Harbaugh. But again, he has that one breakthrough, that one breakthrough. That's beyond Michigan. What were your thoughts on Nebraska announcing that it's going to bring back Scott Frost, doing so before the bye week, and then its final two games are probably losses to Wisconsin and Iowa? So that's why you do it now, because he's going to finish three and nine, right? Three and nine. And it gets brought back. I mean, I don't, I saw people, maybe you'll disagree with me. I saw people in college football writers, this was the right move. It was? Because it kind of sent a signal to me, they really just don't care about football there anymore. They care about Scott Frost. If you measure the results, those are obvious. You just stated them. It's just a disaster. Uh, I think he's 15 and 27. I was looking at who, who were the best teams that uh, Scott Frost's teams have beaten at Nebraska? In his first year, they beat that 7-6 and six, uh, Michigan State team mm-hmm. in the snow, 9-6. to six. Yep. And they beat a Minnesota team that finished 7-6, and six, but they caught them when they were 2-6 and six at the beginning of the season before P.J. Fleck fired his defensive coordinator and pulled the team together, and they won the final five, including a bowl game. So he actually didn't beat that team. Those are the two best wins for Scott Frost because we do a Nebraska show every Tuesday night, and I got to kind of shake my uh, Husker Online guy uh, because he does a great job, but he just bleeds a little too much uh, Husker Red, GBR. And I got to say, who are they going to beat? I I understand staying within a touchdown of Oklahoma and then on down the line we can list off all the teams, uh, your Maize and Blue being one of them, that they they look like a capable football team. But at some point, you got to put a W up against one of these teams. Their three wins this season are going to be against Fordham, Buffalo, and Northwestern. And I think we need to ask questions like in, like this in this day and age. Is it possible people in the administration over there just bet a lot of money on these games? And Nebraska, as an underdog, I mean, they just covered again against Ohio State, right? They were like a 15-point underdog. They only lost by nine, well underneath the, the point spread. They covered against Michigan. Is it just, dude, 
we have the best of both worlds, man. We're getting top 25 recruiting classes every year. And so, and then we lose these games. And so the point spreads come out. We're way under, we're way undervalued because, you know, because of our record and not our overall, you look at their analytics, they're like top 30 in both offense and defense. Okay. So this is like the perfect betting team where the market is undervaluing them every single week. Analytically, they live up to that and then just invent a way to lose at the exact same time, which keeps the underwhelming analytics under the table and the point spread in your favor week after week. I mean, I I could see this being a profitable betting enterprise. Well, Steve, that's why there is justification to take the other side. Because the other side is, while you want to be seeing results in year four, And what we're seeing now is what you typically are okay with as a fan base in year one, maybe into year two. Okay, wow, we love that performance against Oklahoma, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, that we can applaud. Hey, we see this turning around, and you're okay with losing at that point, first, second season, but not the fourth. It is a challenge when you're at Nebraska that if you're going to fire Scott Frost, who do you bring in? Who's going to turn it around They are playing well. They are playing that well against teams that are legit top 10 teams in the nation. So Jim Harbaugh obviously has outperformed Scott Frost on the field. There's no question the wins and losses speak to that uh, with with no question. But are they doing what Michigan did? Uh, Are they restructuring the contract basically saying, We believe in you. We're going to show you some more trust because we do see evidence. We do see signs that this can turn around, but you need to make wholesale changes. Therefore, we're forcing you to do that. 2022 is going to be the year. Go make us, uh, uh, you know, justify our confidence in at least you as an individual, and you need to clean things up elsewhere on the staff. Final thing, what's your prediction? Michigan-Penn State on Saturday. What do you think happens, Mark? Oh, I got to lay out a prediction right now. Well, you pushed me to it. I do think that Penn State, even though they've got to heap the entire offensive load on Sean Clifford and no running game, and that should spell a Michigan victory. They should be able to play a one-dimensional offense and come out of there with a win. Gun to my head, Penn State. Yep, because Michigan's no-dimensional on the road against a team with a number in front of their name, typically. All right, great stuff as always, brother. We'll talk to you again next week. I appreciate it, Steve. You got it. Well, the calendar is about to turn to basketball season. And if you like sports handicapping and you like Michigan podcast, a great way to marry those two is to support us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. College basketball last year, we were 59 games over 500. We hit 56% of the games in the NCAA tournament. We correctly advised you to take Baylor at 6-1 to to win the NCAA tournament, which they did. We had a very good college basketball season last year, especially down the stretch. And we're loaded for bear now for the new season as well. And yes, we'll continue on with our football handicapping as well. So make sure you support us just $5 a month. Who knows? It might win you some money when you go to patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. This week's Twitter poll results, we asked you a simple question. Who wins? 60% of you keep hope alive. Good luck with that. Picking Michigan to win, you see where my check mark is. Bet your bet your house. Oh, I'm not going to bet my house. I will bet yours, though. I'm happy betting yours. Happy to bet your house that Penn State will win because the game is at Penn State. 
And chances are, if it's a sentient life form with a still beating heart, and the game starts with a letter with the word at, don't bet on Michigan. I think we've learned that in the Harbaugh era. But I'm with the 60% of you in spirit. In spirit, I should say. It's just that spirit is dead inside. Let's get to this week's feedback of the week. Victor Valley, Victor's Valiant says, no one hates Michigan more than Michigan fans. All right, I want to address this. Wanting your favorite team to win the biggest game on its schedule once every 17 years doesn't make you a hater. Wanting your favorite team with the most championships in the history of the Big Ten to win a Big Ten championship once every 17 years doesn't make you a hater. It makes you a Michigan fan. You should have higher standards than that. You know what I've noticed happens? And we have such a large fan base, and I listen to a slew of uh, Michigan podcasts and shows. If you listen to my boy Isaiah Hole, I got to give him a shout out. He first introduced me to Built Bar, so he's forever got a, a, a fond spot, fond spot, fond, easy for me to say, fond spot, almost said spart, fond spot in, the, in my heart because he introduced me to Built Bar. But, you know, Isaiah, God bless him, he'll tell you this, I'm sure. He tends to be a little bit more on the positive tip. I'm not. I'm broken. You know, you listen to, you know what, Brandon Brown on the Wolverine Digest podcast. Dude's just a, you know, cold-blooded realist. That's where I'm at. You know, but here's what I think happens. If you listen to the, the Brandon Brown style a lot, then, you know, you think people that don't agree with you have gone soft and hate Michigan and don't have any standards uh, for the program anymore. And if you listen to more of the um, uh, the the Sam Webb, Isaiah Hole style of doing things, then you just think, you know, these negative fans are killing Michigan and toxic for the fan base. You know what? Both these things are probably true because it's a big, vast fan base. And people react to disappointment differently. Some people don't want to accept disappointment. And so they think, you know what? That light at the end of the tunnel, you know, is the sun coming up again. Other people just, you know, reach a, a point where they can't take any more disappointment. And so they're pretty sure that that light at the end of the tunnel is an oncoming train. There is no real wrong or right answer here. Neither one of these sides of the argument is in any control of what happens. Michigan is in total control. You know why we don't have these conversations about Michigan basketball? Because there's no point to them. Because they compete on a perennial basis for some form of a championship. They do something extraordinary pretty much every year now. Even even Juwan's first year when they were going to be an eighth or ninth seed in the NCAA tournament. They still opened up that year at the Battle for Atlantis beating like North Carolina and Gonzaga in back-to-back nights. So when you have a program achieving at that level, we don't have these divisive narratives that are sort of clashing with one another for narrative superiority. You have that when you have the uncertainty provided by our football program. So I'm not really upset at people who have more of a sunnier disposition about this than me. God bless you. I wish I was more like you. I'm clearly not. Just like if you are one of those people, you shouldn't be more upset at people like me who are a little bit more cold-blooded in our realism. Why? Because neither one of us is responsible for making each side of us feel the way we do. The football program is. The head coach of the football program is. He's ultimately responsible. 
for the product they put on the field, and then the product they put on the field determines the narrative we come up with as a result. And I kind of prefer more the narrative of the product Jawan Howard puts out than Jim Harbaugh. Now, Jim can prove me wrong. Who knows? Sometimes the seventh time's the charm. I'm just not going to hold my breath. I prefer to live. That'll do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. You can like, rate, subscribe, follow, five-star review, whichever it is that you prefer, however you watch or listen to this each and every week. Uh, don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter, at Michigan Podcast, to get even more daily cold-blooded realism about football and then sunny utopian optimism about basketball uh, when uh, we keep you up to date on what we think all things Michigan in between episodes. Until the next time when either, again, cold-blooded realism or sunny-side-up optimism wins in State College, go blue.